The scripture reading this morning is from Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 9. Hear these words. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God with all the days of your life and keep the decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so it so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord your God of your ancestors has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk to them about when you are at home and when you are away and when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Chapelwood. Uh, I'm excited to bring you a scripture sermon for the next four weeks. We'll be taking a look at uh, studying the Bible for all it's worth. Um, I wonder, what's your regular routine? What's your daily routine? How do you start your day? Some people start with a religiously taken cup of coffee, or maybe it's a uh, walk around the block or an exercise. I know some people, uh, they get up to the alarm, but just move to the couch for their second waking up. What do you do? What is your routine? My hope is that your routine might include reading the Bible. It's an important part of who we are as Christians to derive from Scripture on a daily basis meaning for our lives. And so over the next four weeks, I'm going to be making an argument to you using uh, some of the most important parts of Scripture that there is a habit to be formed now, I know we're in a different time and a different place where your house is the place where you work, where you play, where you rest, that our backyards have become uh, both our gym and our uh, jungle gym. Uh, and so I know this is a strange time. But along with the, that daily routine that you've included with hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes and your face mask, I want you also, when we're done, to have a habit of reading the Bible. We'll be looking at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. I want to encourage you to open up Scripture while we're talking here today. I've got mine with me. I hope you have yours as well. Uh, 
chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, is a prayer that is said daily uh, over the course of centuries by Jews. Uh, they, They begin their day, they punctuate their day with Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 9. I think it's interesting that when we look at churches that are vital and thriving, they are churches that have people who read the Bible daily, that derive meaning for their lives from God's word. I wonder, that seems kind of a normal thing that every Christian should be doing, but normal is a strange word here. When we look at uh, churches of all sizes across uh, the United States, what we find is that on average, 21% of Christians read the Bible daily. That's one out of five people. I wonder, are you one of those five people? If not, I'm gonna encourage you and inspire you and pray for you that you'll be one of those one in five when our series is over. Let's begin with scripture. As you look at chapter six, verses one through nine, it's in the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is one of those law books, uh, one of those books in the Pentateuch, the Old Testament. And uh, Jews refer to this particular passage as the Shema. Why? Well, it's because the first word in Hebrew of chapter six is the word in English, hear. And in Hebrew, that word is Shema. This is considered the great commandment. It's the commandment that Jesus mentions as being uh, what all of the law and the prophets uh, hang on. I wanna encourage you as we start looking here at the Shema, Uh, Verse one begins, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you're about to cross into and occupy. Those are interesting words for inspiration. They are words from Moses saying, here's what it's all about. Here's the place where it begins. Moses goes on to say, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep his decrees and his commandments that I'm commanding you so that your days may be long. Moses is putting into context, why do we have the law? Why does God have expectations of us? And you can see it right there in verse two, so that, so that. Reading scripture and using it in our daily lives is not just a matter of checking the box or fulfilling the expectation or looking religious to others. Reading scripture is a so that. It's so that we may be be able to enjoy the blessings and promises that come so that our lives might be richer, so that we might be more joyful, so that we might care for our neighbors, so that we might find joy where we are. Verse three continues by saying, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, 
so that it may go well with you and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. You see, um, Moses isn't pulling something out of the air. He isn't saying, um, oh, wow, it's been difficult, but now it'll be better because uh, I hope it will be. But rather, uh, Moses is talking about the promise, that promise, the promise of the covenant from Abraham and God, the the promise of, uh, of God delivering the people out of Egypt through the Red Sea, the promise of new life, the promise of land flowing with milk and honey. And here at verse four, we begin with the traditional Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. Seems an interesting way to begin a prayer. Hear. Now, that word hear is um, inviting you. Um, it's not a sit down and listen, but it's a stand up and get ready. It's an active listening here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Uh, the um, Hebrew here uh, really says that, that God is one. How, why is it important that God is one? Well, um, interpreters take different meanings from this. It could be that the Lord is one, that God is one because there's only one God in Israel. It could be that the Lord is one might be because there is only one God who has delivered us. Or it could be that there is only one God who created us. Do you see the tying together? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Verse five says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Now these words should be familiar to you. Uh, Jesus uh, quotes this as um, one of the great commandments. Um, Let's break that down just a little bit. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your heart. Heart uh, in Hebrew is levav. I'm working on my Hebrew pronunciations. Levav. And though uh, we often think about heart as being that seat of passion for us, right? We love with our hearts. We feel with our hearts. Actually, for the Israelites, um, passion came from your gut. It came from more like your stomach. It's kind of like a a gut feeling that you run on regardless of logic. Heart, though, for the Israelites was the seat of your character, your personality, who you were, who you are when everything else is stripped away. So we're called to love God with our heart, uh, um, with actually who we are, the bedrock of our identity. And then uh, uh, the Shema goes on to say, and with all your soul, now the Hebrew for soul is nepes, 
And nepes is, um, it's like breath. It's like the animating, energizing force in our lives. Um, you can find nepes used in Genesis chapter two, verses seven, where God is creating Adam and he um, pulls the, the, the clay and the mud together and forms Adam and then breathes into Adam's mouth, breathing into him, the breath, the nepes of life. So we're called to love God, not just with um, who we are and our identity, but with the animating energy of our life. And then next, uh, the Shema says, and we should love God with all our might. Uh, Might here comes from the word ma'od. Ma'od is um, one way to think about strength or power or might or abundance. Some commentators say that to love God with all of our me'od is to love God with everything that we have, meaning gifts or our, um, uh, our um, accumulation, our items, our, our talents, our, um, our property. Me'od is a chance to love God with the things that God has given us to use for good. Hear, O Israel, this is powerful. As we move from verses four and five into verse six, it becomes less about inspiration of what we should love God with, but what we should do with these words. Verse six, keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Now let's pause there. Uh, The law for the Israelites, if you think back for Moses, it it was a matter of bringing the stone tablets down from the mountain. The 10 commandments, tradition says, were written on stone tablets by Moses and brought them down to the people. And so these words that have been kept on stone, they now should be kept on our hearts. It goes on, verse seven, to say, recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. What's interesting here, the teach them diligently to your children, the Hebrew word uh, here is sanan. And sanan would be a word that would talk about um, sharpening or uh, to whet, like you whet a blade. Isn't it interesting that Moses is using here the word to teach to the children might have been the same word that one would use for a stone carver who's carving the law into the tablets. Chisel the word into their hearts, you might say. Verse seven goes on to say that we should talk about the law with them when we're at home and when we're away when we lie down and when we rise. These are uh, opportunities for us to understand that Moses is painting a picture that the Bible should be embedded, be um, in the midst of everything that we do. When we rise and when we sit, uh, when we are going about our day and when we are at home. The law is that important for us. It is that life-giving for us. 
verse eight, goes on to become more specific, more practical, if you will. Uh, Moses says, bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. I want you to think about that. For traditional Orthodox Jews, they still, when praying, a Jewish male will take um, a a scroll of uh, scripture and begin to wrap um, it around uh, with bindings to their arm. Sometimes the uh, strap itself will have the verse of uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9 on it. And if you've ever seen um, an Orthodox Jewish male praying, they will have a little box right here tied to their head. Uh, these are physical living out of Deuteronomy's instruction to take the word and to wrap it around your hand and to fix it as an emblem on your forehead. Verse nine goes on to say, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And if you've ever been to an Orthodox Jewish person's house, over the door uh, coming into the house, there'll be a small scroll, maybe a metal cylinder with the scroll inside of it called, um, I love it when I forget something right about the time that I need it. And so I'll look at my notes. Ah, A mezuzah, I was gonna say a menorah, but that's for uh, Hanukkah. A mezuzah, they're um, symbolizing to them a reminder of how important it is to consult scripture, to derive meaning for our lives from scripture on a daily basis. The great commandment, it sums up all of the laws, all of the prophets, Jesus says, All of it comes together in this ability to love God with all of our heart and our mind and our strength. And he adds to it, and to love our neighbor as ourself. I wanna encourage you, what will it take for you to have a habit a habit like that cup of coffee, a, a habit like, uh, like that mask that you keep wearing that we all should in the midst of social distancing. How is the Bible being carried with you as religiously as your hand sanitizer? Are you reading it as regularly as you are exercising your body? You know, normal is a hard word. Normal means to conform to a standard. And if I know anything about the world that we live in, we often don't want to um, conform to the standard. We instead want to be unique and look different. But I wanna tell you that that the synonyms for normal, customary, typical, ordinary, usual, common, these could be good words. What would it be like if around the water cooler at work or the coffee bar when you pick up your coffee, or even the church lobby, that it was customary, typical, ordinary, usual, and common to hear folk talk about scripture as a way to derive meaning for their lives. The sad truth is that reading scripture is not normal. It needs to become normal. It needs to be the lifeblood, our nepes, if you will, for who we are. 
I know recently we've been talking about the new normal, right? That when we go back to what's normal, but it'll be new. So maybe we still have hand sanitizer and we still wear gloves or we still do social distancing, but it'll be a normal because it'll be different than what's now. It'll be the new normal. New normal is often talked about in the context of an aftershock. Uh, for those of you who remember, after 9-11, uh, airline flight, uh, airline travel changed. We talked about the new normal of security measures. That after the 2008 financial crisis, there was a new normal for how we would invest our money. And I believe there will be a new normal after coronavirus uh, here in 2020. But I don't want you to necessarily think of it as an aftershock. Instead, it could be a life-giving moment of change to decide daily to derive meaning for your life from Scripture. Another synonym for normal is healthy. I know, we don't want to be normal, but having, um, uh, having normal blood pressure is a good thing. Having a, a normal exercise routine is a good thing. When we realize that scripture becomes the vein and uh, blood flow of our life with God, we begin to see that normal ain't so bad. What would it be like for you over these next four weeks to journey with me by doing all that you might be able to do to make scripture a daily part of your life. Now, a little caution here. Um, you don't need to print off your daily reading and tie it to your forehead or wrap it on your arm. Sometimes in our ability to carry out every jot and, and tittle of the scripture, we find ourselves doing things that may not be life-giving for us. So I'm not asking you to be burdened with daily reading of scripture but rather I'm inviting you to have a habit that will set you free. Will you join with me? You might even come to find that scripture in your life may be as vital and necessary as your mask, your hand sanitizer, and social distancing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, that's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say of God speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay at rest in your holiness word of God speak and finding my
myself in the midst of you beyond the music beyond the notes all that I needed was to be with you in the quiet God speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay at rest in your holiness a word of God speak you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay at rest in your holiness, word of God speak. myself at a loss for words and the funny thing is that's okay